What do you do when your success is breaking your heart? Hi, welcome to another episode of Business Mindset Mastery. My name's Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and performance coach for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can find out about me at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we've got a really important listener question. What happens when you get everything you want and then lose everything you feel like you care about? Let's dive in. Hey, Heather, greetings from social media marketing world. I thought you were going to be here, and I was looking forward to fangirling and finding you to say hi. In any case, I'm writing and sending this before I chicken out and change my mind. For the past two years, I've been running a successful online business. In the past year, it's really taken off. My income is higher than I've ever earned. My confidence is soaring, and I feel so damned good. What's the problem? Well, coming here to a conference for online business owners, I'm having the time of my life, but I also am incredibly aware that it feels like I'm running away from home. It's amazing to be around so many people who think like me and want the same kinds of things out of life. Heather, it's painful at home. My friends have distanced themselves from me and have become snide and cryptic in their acknowledgement of my success. I was featured on a local news segment and I didn't even post it on social media because I didn't want one more thing about my business to become something I could get ribbed about. It's no better in my marriage. I surprised my husband with a fancy night out, and during it, I told him I'd secretly paid off all our student loans and that aside from our house, we were debt-free. His reaction was less than I'd hoped for. He was emotionless about it and said, I thought this dinner was about us. I had no idea how I missed the boat on that one. Everything good is happening, and it feels just awful. I'm sitting on my hotel floor crying because I don't want to leave this conference. I don't want to go home. I want to stay with people who see my wins as something to celebrate and not as a threat to who they are. By the way, this floor is much nicer than the airport bathroom one, I'm sure. Any thoughts, Heather? My heart is breaking when it should be soaring. Ah, good good job ribbing me on that bathroom floor coming. I suppose I earned it there. And yes, I was supposed to go to social media marketing world. In fact, this is a good mindset lesson in real time kind of thing. So back in, I, I don't even know when it was, probably around October or November when I first realized we were going to be moving from Boston to California. I was terrified of um, what was to come and all of the changes. And I just, there was nothing I was looking forward to and I was dreading it. And I had gotten one of those emails about social media marketing world in my inbox. And I realized it was going to be in San Diego, which is like less than an hour away from where I would be living. And I decided impulsively on a Saturday morning when they were doing that like ticker tape countdown of like the the discount ends now that I would buy myself a ticket to give myself something to look forward to about moving to California. The idea that I could attend a big conference without airfare or hotel sounded really good. And then the timing um, just didn't work out. It was this week and we've only been in our current home for a week. And I knew that like after so much transition, after so much change and just having my house for a week, I just knew I wasn't going to want to be in San Diego. And I knew that I was going to want to get my house set up and get all the things done. We've had locksmith and water heaters replaced and all sorts of things. And it just seemed like a time to prioritize my personal life over my professional life. But it was a really good reminder for what to do when something feels hard is you create something to look forward to. But anyway, I digress. So that's why you miss me. 
Um, and anytime you're dreading something, it's a good um, it's a good idea to create something to look forward to. And my guess is, given that you're dreading going home, you might want to create something for yourself to look forward to going home to. About, I'm sorry you're hurting, and I really identify with what you're experiencing. And I think a lot of other listeners and other people at that conference you just attended probably do too. When we find sudden success, when we go for the brass ring and we absolutely nail it and we get absolutely everything we want, we grow into bigger, bolder versions of ourselves. And the problem with this is that the people in our lives don't always grow with us. And nobody has a rule book. Nobody pulls you aside and says, hey, P.S., this is how to become a more awesome version of yourself without losing all of your friends and family in the process. It's a messy situation. And it seems like a lot of times in my conversations with my clients, it's a little bit of the dark side of success and the shadow of entrepreneurship. I don't think a lot of people are talking about it because it's not shiny, sexy, sassy, but I think it's very real. And I think that you're asking an incredibly important question, and I'm going to take it on as a challenge to bring this conversation more into the space in the future. So hopefully this isn't the last time you hear me talking about it. But the first thing that I want you to think about here is that people are having a reaction to your success and they're creating their own stories about what it means. And that includes they're creating their own stories about what it means for your friendship with them, for your time with them, for your interest in them. And they're reacting to those stories as if it's true. You're doing the same thing. You created a story that when I meet all my goals and I do all my wild things and I experience all this success, my friends and my family are going to think this, they're going to feel that, and then they're going to do this. And the problem with creating those stories is it never happens out loud. It doesn't become a conversation. It becomes an internal dialogue. And then when someone says, doesn't say, or does something, or doesn't do something that goes against the story we created for ourselves, we then make our own conclusions. And more often than not, they're not the accurate ones. So what I want you to think about is you're not going to be able to do this for everyone and you're not going to be able to do this with everyone. You have to think about the relationships that matter most to you, the people who are most important to you, and decide how you're going to prioritize them and then choose your time and space for talking to them. You're not going to be able to prioritize everyone. So it's going to be really important for you to take some time to get quiet and still with yourself to really focus on which relationships in your life need your most immediate attention. And my guess is it's going to start with your marriage and then move on to your best, closest friends. So you want to think a little bit about 
What has not been said out loud and what needs to be spoken? What misunderstandings are likely happening and how can you bring them to the front of the, you know, to the, to everybody's point of view? So what I would suggest is a script that goes something like this, where you start with your husband to say, you know, thank you for supporting me while I was away. I had a really good time at the conference, but I have to tell you, I missed you and I missed us. I kept thinking about that dinner. I kept thinking about how excited I was to share with you that a burden had been taken off our plate, that we had, um, you know, achieved something that we were going to be able to start saving more and maybe even planning for vacations. And when I delivered that news to you and you weren't excited and you seemed somewhat disappointed in me and my intention, I just felt crushed. And I feel like it's brought something to air that we need to talk about. I think my business is affecting our marriage in a way that I never intended. And I don't want it to happen. So can we talk about it? Because then this becomes your opportunity to say, when I started this business, my hope and my wish for this family was this. I hoped it would achieve X, Y, Z for you and I. I hoped you would feel A, B, and C, but clearly it's not going that way for you. You're not experiencing it that way. And I'm wondering what your thoughts and feelings are about all of this. That open opens the dialogue for you to create more understanding with your husband about how he's perceiving your success because he's likely thinking that you might be losing interest in him, that you're going to want to be around all of the other moguls who are making tons of money. Maybe he's feeling like you're going to look down on him because he's not contributing financially to the household as much as you are, that somehow his role and his importance in your life has has now been lessened. He might be feeling that you need him less. He might be perceiving this change in you as a threat to him or a threat to your marriage. And all of those thoughts and feelings are going to bring up reactions for you. They're going to make you feel defensive and you might feel resentful because you just want him to be happy for you. You just want him to support you and he can get there, but he's not going to be able to get there until he tells you how he been thinking and feeling and until he feels heard by you. And that's often the place where a lot of the business owners I work with stop and pause because they don't feel like they should have to defend or explain their success, that they shouldn't have to feel bad for being successful. And that's not really what this conversation is. That's just the trigger that's creating the need for this conversation. What it, the root of it is, is a misunderstanding understanding of the dynamics. And anytime there's a misunderstanding in the dynamics of a relationship, you absolutely have to untangle them and see what stories were created and see what things you have to set right. So I would invite your husband to share with you how he's been affected by this and do it in the most open and, you know, judgment-free way as possible. Just make sure you understand. You do not have to agree with him, but you do have to create a sense of understanding so that you can reflect back for him to say, okay, so as you watched me become more successful, you started to think and feel this. You 
you worried about this? You were afraid that it made you think this. Do I have that right? And once you feel like you have clearly heard and understand where he's coming from, then you can offer your point of view to say, I didn't mean to make you feel threatened or I didn't make, I didn't want you to feel invisible or unnecessary or like you were an accessory to our lives. It was my hope and my intention that this, and that's where you get to explain that regardless of how he's perceived it, regardless of the stories he created, you wanted something else. And then I would invite both of you to say and acknowledge out loud that when one person grows and changes, it affects the entire relationship. It affects both people. And the challenge in relationships is to grow and change together. And you can't do this until you talk about it out loud. So to say in the past 10 years we've been together, the past 15 years been together, it's always been like this for you and me. But since I started my business, it's been more like this and it is shifting us and it is changing us, but we can make that for good. Going forward, this is what I need. And then you list out what support and what um, understanding and compassion from your spouse or husband looks like from you. And then, or from him rather. And then you ask him what you know, what do you need in this? In order to feel secure in us and who we are and all of that, what do you need to know and see from me? To give, and this is all esoteric, and I try to make it as concrete as possible. So um, I'm going to probably, I think, repeat an example that came from my own marriage. I think I used this on an early podcast. But um, when I first started writing online articles, one of the things that happened is a few of the articles I wrote quickly went viral. They were getting a million plus views. So I was getting tons of likes and comments on the social media shares. People were emailing me and my phone would be going ding a ding a ding a ding You're right. Like with every single notification. And my husband and I, prior to this business, always kind of had an unplugged rule after eight or nine o'clock or so at night. Our phones go on a counter. We don't look at them and we just watch TV or hang out together and end the day um, kind of quiet together. When I started getting all this attention, my attention to my phone increased and it didn't stop at eight o'clock or nine o'clock at night because people were, were still responding and emailing me and engaging with me. And in all honesty, my ego grew and my sense of confidence grew and my sense of self grew. But meanwhile, suddenly my husband's experience of it was that one second I was sitting on the couch watching TV and the next second I'm serotypic Typically, I totally said that word wrong trying to go by my phone and click to see in such a way that he, you know, might not notice, which is probably super obvious, right? So then his feelings are hurt because suddenly he's not enough for me, that I would rather be on my phone talking to strangers on the internet than sitting on the couch with him. And in that moment, his story was true. 
because I had a shiny new toy in front of me. I had attention. I had signs that this business idea I had for myself might be taking off. If that momentum and those of you who have run a business know that feeling when something starts to take off, it does consume your time. The issue with, with me was that it didn't change how I was feeling about him. It didn't change anything I thought about him, my perception of my marriage, or even wanting to spend time with him. In a perfect world, I wanted to be on the couch with him, have my phone in the hand to do both, but it doesn't work that way. So it took a couple of conflicts. It took a couple of fights for us to finally figure it out. And I was able to say to him, I love you and I love what's happening for me in my business. And yes, you're right. I have to dial it back. I have to tone it down. I can't get so reactive to all the positive attention because obviously when the haters and trolls come out, I'm going to crash and burn anyway. And no, I don't want to leave you behind in my success. So in a perfect world, in the fairy tale version of the way real life should go, um, my husband should just be like, honey, what does the phone say? Are people liking and loving on you? Did you get more likes? Did you get more shares? And that's nonsense. That's not how it goes for the spouse who doesn't have something cool happening. It's for some spouses and some people, but he doesn't become the immediate jerk simply because he didn't get as excited for me. Because his story was, is that my attention was being shifted from him. And then his question becomes, how far will it drift from me? Like, sure, one night on the phone, no big deal. But is she going to get in the habit of this? Is she going to come to a place where she would rather be on her phone talking to strangers on the internet than talking to me? Am I still going to be interesting to her? Am I still going to be enough for her? And those really hard, painful, vulnerable questions are always what lie beneath the resistance to someone else's success. How is your success going to affect me? And how is it going to affect our relationship and your interest in me? We can roll our eyes at it. We can suck our teeth. We should say, you shouldn't feel that way. But the reality is, is that's what it feels like for the people who feel left behind. And we need to validate that and we need to reassure people because when we engage in relationships with people, that's the choice we're making to reassure them, to talk to them, comfort them and nurture them. But then likewise, you also need and get to have respect for yourself. There have been plenty of times in my business where the momentum was real and if I didn't respond immediately, I would risk losing a sale or I would risk missing a a really good opportunity. So I had to be able to say, hey, it's a busy night on the phone or on the internet, or I just put out this offer and people are asking me a bunch of questions about it. I'm not going to be able to get off my phone until 930. And then if you communicate about it and you tell your partner, hey, I'm doing this, but I'm going to be back with you at a certain time, then you're including them. What our partners and friends largely react to is the entitled nature that we tend to change the rules, where suddenly, because my article's getting a shit ton of success, I'm allowed to change the rule in the relationship and drift closer to my phone and further away from him without talking about it. 
And that's simply not true. That's not the way good relationships work. So you have to be willing to have this conversation and recognize that just because his feelings are hurt, you haven't done anything wrong and you get to have this success. The two of you just skipped a couple of steps in how to share the success together. The other thing that, you know, makes me think about is you secretly did this good thing, right? Like you secretly with good intention paid off student loan debt. And I imagine your story was like, oh my gosh, he's going to sleep better at night. He's going to feel so much more secure and happy. And look what my business has done for us. And you owned it with pride. But think about the flip side. Think about if you had accumulated secret credit card debt and you hadn't included your spouse in that, that you opened a side account and you didn't tell him, that you bought things and didn't let him know. He would have a reaction to that because your shared finances are both of your businesses, right? Like it's his business too. It's his his financial stake. So even when you do something good, something like secretly messing with finances, even when you're secretly messing by adding money, you're still affecting someone's sense of control over their situation. And and I've seen this happen over and over again. I've talked to countless business owners who make this mistake. They pay off a mortgage or they go and they buy their parents a car or they pay for a family reunion vacation for every single family member and they have no idea why everybody isn't just simply jumping for joy, hugging and saying thank you. And it's because people experience those things with a loss of control. So part of it is recognizing that you did a good thing, but you might have to catch him up and say, listen, I just wanted to be able to like deliver this to you because when we had those loans and there were piles and piles of thousands and thousand dollars of debt and we didn't know how we were going to get out, I saw the look on your face. I saw how stressed you were and I wanted to be the person who could relieve that for you. But going forward, I won't ever do that again. Or if I do, I'll let you know or something like like that because that's how the two of you get on the same page. And once you have that conversation and series of conversations, I promise you, in the two years that my husband and I have been doing this as I built my own business and he helps and supports me and all of that, we've had a series of conversations because things keep coming up. So you have to make that commitment to this idea that you're going to be talking about this again. Then you do the same thing with your friends and you're going to have to pick and choose your friends because honestly, we cannot grow with everybody in our lives. I have left people behind who couldn't sort of, I don't know, embrace this new version of me, who didn't um, connect as easily to this new version of me as to an older version of me. It does become a conscious choice. You can't always bring everybody with you, but you can bring the people who matter if they're willing to invest back. And then you have the conversation with your friends to say, hey, listen, I'm not really sure where, you know, I took a right turn and you took a left turn, but we haven't been us in a while and I miss us. And I'm wondering, you know, what's going on for you? How come, you know, it feels like we're not as close as we used to be. I really miss you. I was hoping we could have a conversation. And then you do the same thing for your friends 
that you did for your spouse, to first listen, to hear the stories and assumptions your friends made, to um, be able to clarify things that where they've gotten it wrong and they've made an assumption, but to engage in that conversation, to talk about what support looks like for you, what support looks like for them, identify the needs, and make a commitment to going forward differently. The other piece that you are going to have to do here is grieve. That success often means you have to leave important things and people behind. It isn't something people talk about very often, but it does happen. And you're not the same anymore. And there's parts of your old version of you that you probably miss. And that is fine. And that's okay. And I totally get it. I've been there. Some of this you're just going to have to quietly be sad about. But an important part of this conversation that I really want to make sure I include here is that this is not unique to entrepreneurs and business owners. There's something that happens with my current crop of clients about this where there's like this air of entitlement, like I get to have this, I get to do this. And because I own my own business, everybody should just be supportive, everybody should have my back, and I should just get to be able to do it. And that is nonsense. It is absolute, positively nonsense. And I am going to give you a completely unrelated example. Think about people who joined the police corps, who joined the military. Um, Myself, when I was in my early 20s, I had a job working with high-risk adolescent youth. That job put me in danger on the regular. I was um, assaulted. I was involved in physical altercations. At one point in time, a girl had me locked in a room and... I couldn't, and she was uh, preventing my exit, and people, by the way, rescued me from a window, which was all kinds of badass, Um, and I I regularly put myself in danger. When kids became suicidal and they were threatening to jump from a roof, I was on the roof with them, talking them down. People in my life get to have a reaction to that. People who love me and care about me get to say, I love what you're doing for these kids. People who are in love with the military spouses and police officers and firefighters get to say, I love what you do for the community, but what you do scares me and has an effect on me, and I'm going to need something different in terms of reassurance, spouses get to have opinions and we allow it in every other area of our life. We make rooms for it. People like tax accountants during tax season never see their spouses. My husband's a doctor and he chose like a low key, you know, final landing spot. So I'm going to see him every day at 4 5 o'clock, whether I want to or not. But some doctors are like on call for 24 to 36 hours. There's really high demanding jobs outside of entrepreneurship that affects spouses. And everybody, if you want to be married, has to have these conversations. So entrepreneurs need to get over themselves a little bit and recognize that they're just one with the people, that this is regular everyday marriage, that this is what healthy relationships look like, is you talk about it and you figure it out. And this isn't somebody coming in telling you, you don't get to have your success. This is somebody coming 
coming in and saying, hey, I'm really glad you're successful, but your success is kind of affecting me. And I'm having a bit of a reaction to that. You know, it's that idea of recognizing that people have reactions to things that we do, that we don't do, things we say, things we don't say, and they create stories. And unless we bring those stories to the table and we talk about them honestly with vulnerability, a willingness to listen and understand, and a willingness to let down our defenses, we're never going to grow as people and our relationships are never going to grow and prosper. We need to be willing to be present for the tough stuff. That being said, here's a way that I've done it more effectively because there are tribes of people who just naturally get it, who don't make you defend yourself, who when you have a win, just with their whole heart and their whole being wholeheartedly support you. I have a friend who like scored a major TV gig last week. And I was jumping for joy with my whole heart for her. She would never have to apologize for me because I just get it and she just knows it. You have to find your people. You know, I think it's Jim Rom says, we are the sum of the top feet people we spend the most time with. And I think entrepreneurs like to say that that then excludes people who make their lives difficult, who have objections to who they are, how they move through the world. And I, you know, I take issue with that, as you just heard me say. But I do think you need to have a tribe of people where it just comes a little more naturally, where you don't have to work as hard and the conversations aren't as hard. And my guess is you found those people at social media marketing world and that you have them in online groups and forums and connections. So maintain those connections. But when you build a life with only those connections, I'm going to challenge you and say that that's going to also lead to more emptiness because it's... You have relationships with people and you have people you really care about, your husband, your friends, and you can't just leave everybody behind for the people who go rah, 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 because sometimes the people who go rah, rah, rah aren't there when you fall and crumble. And the people that you have really good, solid history with are going to be the ones who help you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and get back to it. So you need to have a tribe of people who naturally get it, but you don't have to leave everyone behind unless it's toxic, unless after those hard conversations, they don't, they still don't get it and still can't support you and still don't have your back. But that's another podcast for another time. The last piece of advice I'm going to give you is to call me and hire me because this isn't a one and done kind of deal. You can't just have one conversation with your spouse and figure it out and have one conversation with your best friend and figure it out. You are growing and changing your perception of yourself, how you move through the world, how you move through your business is changing. And this is where mindset coaching is really important because you need help and support guidance and an outside perspective to do it in real time. So I invite you to work with me. We can do a week long intensive, a two week intensive, a month long intensive, but you're going to need some help. And I would love to have your back with this. You just have to reach out and find me at heather at choose to have it all.com. And the same is true for anyone else listening. If you're struggling with this issue and you're trying to grow into your success as a business owner and leader and struggling with figuring out who you are now, mindset work and coaching in real time will get you there faster. And with a whole lot less drama, I welcome you to give me a call or send me an email, heather 
Heather at ChooseToHaveItAll.com is the way to find me. And I look forward to having that conversation with you. Thanks so much for your question. I really think you helped me start an important conversation about um, entrepreneurship and relationships and what success means and the shadow side of success. I, I think that this was a really great, important talk. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some good takeaways. Thanks so much for being with me today. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.